Hi, welcome, folks. This is going to be a very first edition of a podcast started by the Kaleo Sports Desk. So my name is Tanner Hayworth. I am the sports editor here at Kaleo Hawaii, the UH newspaper. My name is Bodhi Asimoto. I'm a staff writer for uh, the Kaleo Sports Desk. Today, we're going to be talking about a lot of NFL draft stuff because, hey, we all want to talk about some NFL draft. We all love talking about football. So first of all, let's try to get a little bit of ties of UH into it. We're going to talk about a very small sample group of University of Hawaii football players, bigger than the last two years of when we only had one and then one. We have a possibility of maybe one. So <laughs> go ahead and start off, Bodhi, with our first prospect from UH. All right, so I'll start off with a big playmaker from UH. We're talking Rico Bussey, the wide receiver. He's a transfer from North Texas. Played a single year at UH, but you know he looked good. He had an ACL injury, but uh, he's coming back. He looks to be a deep threat in the league, and uh, should be overall interesting. He'll probably be a day three pick if anything, just like most Hawaii prospects. But you know, I think he'll be a decent developmental guy. And then our other guy, we're probably going to talk about maybe very fringe day three, but most likely undrafted free agent uh one of our offensive linemen Tonga Tui Lima he's a very he went up as center and guard he's a little undersized to be fair but you know he's really good at run blocking and he knows how to place his hands his feet's a little bit slow lateral quickness isn't what you'd like it to be but he's got the brains to do it it's just going to be a question of whether or not he has the speed or strength to really make it in this league so probably an undrafted guy Probably going to hit a couple of practice squads, maybe have the role of Cole McDonald of last year where we want to see him get on a team, but he's just going to be bouncing around from squads. Maybe he'll hit the XFL when that restarts eventually. There's the wide variety of UH football players that we have from this year. And so let's move on to kind of the biggest story of the draft. What is San Francisco going to be doing at number three? They trade, trade it up from 12 all the way to three. Bodie, if you want to keep talking about that for a little bit. So for me, I think San Francisco, you know, you hear the rumors with all that Mac Jones talk. For me, it's a little too rich to give up that many picks, move it from 13 all the way to three just to take Mac Jones. Because you look at all the other quarterbacks that are taken. So let's assume that Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, they're obviously going one and two respectively. After that, why would you take Mac Jones over Trey Lance and Justin Fields? What does Mac Jones bring to the table that Trey Lance and Justin Fields don't? You know, with Trey Lance, you get that gigantic arm. You get an amazing upside. That ceiling is as high as anyone in this draft. And then with Justin Fields, you get a guy who's a former five-star, was at Georgia in the SEC, transferred to Ohio State, kept them on the winning drive even after Dwayne Haskins left. He's kind of comp to a Cannon-esque, and I think that would be amazing in the San Francisco uh, offense. It's already centered around the run game. You saw they brought in, uh, or at least a couple years ago, they brought in Tevin Coleman. They had Raheem Moser still there, and it's always centered around the run game with Shanahan. With that running quarterback, it brings yet another dimension to a run-heavy offense. Just so I can play some devil's advocate, I don't think we're saying that Mac Jones is going to be a bad quarterback. I would say out of the five, he has a really high floor. He's coming in, already coming off a really great year at Alabama. He did what he had to do. And in retrospect, if the 49ers didn't trade all the way up to three, they stayed at 12 or even traded up to six, seven, or eight, Mac Jones probably would have been a solid pick. And I think the main issue of picking Mac Jones number three overall, is just a matter of it's just so much to pay for it. It's like when the Chicago Bears traded up one pick for Mitch Trubisky. (laughs) That is basically what taking Mac Jones would be like for the San Francisco 49ers. And so now that we're kicking it off here, I say we kick off our Kaleo Sports NFL Draft 2021. And so what we're going to be doing, we're just going to be alternating picks. We're going to have Bodie starting off. So number one's me with the Jacksonville Jaguars. What is he going to do? Is there really any need for a clock here? Let's not overthink this. I'm going Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson. I mean, 
come on. What, what else are you going to do here? I'm not going to be a hipster and go with Zach Wilson. Trevor Lawrence, football, Jesus. We're winning. We're going to the playoffs. He's taking us to the promised land. You know, I really, when you look at Trevor Lawrence, I feel like it's really easy because he is that once a decade kind of generational guy. He is basically, I, he's going to be the Andrew Luck of the 2020s. He's that for sure. You've known he's going to be the number one overall pick for like, what, five years now? Just ever since he came out of Carsville, Georgia. Ever since he grew out that, grew out those locks, you knew he was going to be the number one overall pick. I don't think there's anyone that's going to be opposed to that. All right. All right and let's then move on to you. Second overall pick, the New York Jets, a team I'm very fond of, a, a team I'm fond of loving, fond of hating because of these drafts. <laughs> Because I know that they won't draft the right person ever. But in this draft, you really can't go wrong. It's going to be Zach Wilson. He's kind of a mobile guy. He won't run to run the ball, but he will run to extend the play. Kind of think of him as Russell Wilson, you know. I love him. He's going to do good for the Jets, even though they only have, like, one guy to pass it to. No, I love that pick. Zach Wilson, I mean, there's no other quarterback in this class besides Trevor Lawrence that comes even close to him. And, you know, that new look Jets offense is going to be amazing under Mike LaFleur. He'll be able to throw to Corey Davis now. You know, I think with Zach Wilson and a decent quarterback, not saying that Sam Donald's bad. I'm just saying that that offense was defunct last year. I think he could take the next step. I'm not saying after Adam Gase has left, people have progressed to be better who they are. Check out everyone who has left an Adam Gase system and see where they are today. But now on to you, the most debated pick in the NFL draft this year, for sure. This is a tough one. I think you could kind of see it in my uh, pre-analysis when we did in the intro. I'm going to go Justin Fields here because he's been comped to guys like Cam Newton, who brings that strong running ability, take that Shanahan offense to the next level. I mean, you see what he did with Matt Ryan, Ultimately, they did lose Super Bowl 51, choked it away to my Patriots. But you know what? With a mobile quarterback, that offense is electric. Justin Fields is a great quarterback. He's, he is one of the better quarterbacks in this class. My pick, personally, would have been Trey Lance because I'm more of a Trey Lance kind of guy. Because, you know, he is kind of – with Justin Fields, he's an amazing athlete. And he has incredible work ethic. I mean, you saw it when he played – Play through cracked ribs against Clemson and Alabama, carrying basically Ohio State through Clemson and doing whatever he could against Alabama. And this is nothing to say bad against Justin Fields. I just feel like Trey Lance kind of has that development that I feel like he could become like a Josh Allen. I just feel like Justin Fields, personally, kind of with his um, passing abilities, it's a little bit suspect on the deep pass. I feel like Kyle Shanahan would have a little bit of PTSD about missing a deep pass all the way down the field as from Super Bowl from two years ago with the 49ers. All right. See, with me, it's that word development. The 49ers are built to win now. You look at all their guys on the defensive side. They still got 90% of that amazing D-line intact. Justin Fields is going to give them the best opportunity to win now. Now on to you with Atlanta's fourth pick. Atlanta's fourth pick? Well, it's going to be a quick one for me. I think everyone can expect this. It's going to be Kyle Pitts for me. He is go- He is the best tight end. He's the best non-quarterback in this draft. He is the best pass catcher. Then I think he is guaranteed to be a top three tight end in the league. A lot of people want to argue that he's already there, but I feel like he's kind of like a Darren Waller. He's a really great receiving threat. I feel like once he develops a little bit of run blocking or just a little slip, you know, come off the line, then once you develop a little more strength with him, then he's going to, you're going to be seeing him do like a bunch of George Kittle stuff, a bunch of Travis Kelsey stuff. But, you know, expectation is the moon for Kyle Pitts coming out of college right now. I absolutely love that pick, mostly because Hayden Hurst carried me through fantasy last season. <laughs> That two tight end set is going to be amazing. I, It's going to be great to see him, uh, to see Pitts, Hurst, Calvary Midley, and, you know, who, maybe it's going to be Julio. Maybe it'll be someone else next year. But that, those four are going to light up the field. All righty. Now it's on to the Bungles. All right. What will With they the be Bengals doing? pick. 
You know, it's a little bit tough, but I think with the injury, this pretty much seals it. I'm going Panay Sewell, tackle out of Oregon. You know, Joe Burrow looked pretty good last season. And, you know, I wasn't totally on the Burrow hype train, but he looked good. When he had that injury, the Bungles just fell off the rails. So now, you know what? You got to look to protect your investment in Joe Burrow. And sure, you know what? It'd be better to have him upright and throwing to T. Higgins, uh, C.J. Uzama, and Drew Sample than, you know, on the ground throwing to uh, Jamar Chase. Just like you saw what uh, Patrick Mahomes did in the Super Bowl. He got hit so much. And definitely looking at drafts, you got your quarterback. And you can look at Andrew, like we were talking about him before, Andrew Luck. He was the first overall pick, and the Colts basically just ignored the offensive line for like three years. And we saw where Andrew Luck's career went, just down into the drain, just injured beyond belief, and then eventually retiring early and disappointing a lot of Colts fans and NFL fans alike. And I feel like we don't want to see that happen to Joe Burrow. You know, we've only had him for a year. I like Joe Burrow. I want to see him passing for 40 touchdowns every year, man. And I feel like he has the potential to do that with Penny Sewell. He, Penny Sewell is a little uh, reluctant to rely on his size. He's got to develop a little more of his path, uh, uh, blocking skills because he does rely a lot on his size. But All, all right, right. on to the Dolphins at six. Now we got the homers for Hawaii, at least for now, ah. now that Tua Tungavailoa is on here. And we are not picking a quarterback as everyone was rumoring <laughs> for the last two months. We are going to be getting this dude some weapons alongside De- uh, Devontae Parker because Preston Williams is not the answer. I mean, they need someone taller than Jakeem Grant to be catches and passes out there. And so we're looking at that trio of Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle. I mean, you got two of two of his teammates and then he got the best wide receiver in the class. I say you got to pick the best receiver in the class in Jamar Chase. Sure, he did sit out last year, and you don't like to see that from a lot of players, but that means he's fresh. He's got amazing speed. He's got a good size, solid size for NFL wide receiver these days. I think that's just going to be good for Tua. He gets to slowly develop his deep ball passing, something that the Dolphins didn't let him do a lot when he was starting out, where people see him as a failing quarterback even though he had a 6-3 record, and I'm not salty at all about that at all. So I think Jamar Chase is going to you know, help lead Tua into some better conversations about the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Oh, it's nice to see um, you get Tua some weapons. I love Tua. I think he's going to do great things in the NFL. And you know what? I actually really like Preston Williams, and that receiver trio is absolutely electric. Like I've been saying about all your picks – Oh, my God, the offense is going to absolutely kill it. Speaking of offense, do we keep going on this offense train with the Detroit Lions? That's a good question. You know, I've been seeing a lot of Lions picks taking Micah Parsons because uh, Jared Davis just uh, left in free agency. But, I mean, you look at it, I don't think Jared Goff is a terrible quarterback. Hell, he took the Rams to a Super Bowl. Sure, again, he may have lost to my Patriots. But you know what? It showed that he was good enough to at least elevate that team to the Super Bowl. Can you name any of the receivers besides Danny Amendola? Does uh, TJ Hawkinson count? <laughs> tight end. Love that guy out of Iowa. He's a tight <laughs> He's end. He's basically their best receiver. So you know what? I'm going to go and get – this may be a little bit controversial, but I'm going to take explosive Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. I, I love Devon- – don't get me wrong. Devontae Smith is a good wide receiver. But when you take Jalen Waddle – he brings something to that offense that Devontae Smith doesn't. He has that he has that twitch. He has that speed to get over the top. He'll be kind of like what Brandon Cooks was for the Rams when he was there with Jared Goff. So, you know, I get Jared Goff a weapon. And also, I didn't really like the Michael Parsons pick because call me a homer, but Jelani Tavai, he needs another year. He'll be something special. I love the pick. I love Jalen Waddle. I love Devonta Smith, honestly. It's always a coin flip between these two guys, I always feel like. But with Jalen Waddle, 
surprisingly, he brings a little more size to the table than Devonta Smith. <laughs> uh, but they're both super fast. And it's weird to say that Jalen Waddle is the faster guy. But you saw in the, was it the Ohio State game, they brought him out with a bum ankle. And they were Still more scared of Jalen Waddle than they were Devonta Smith. They brought a guy out to cover Jalen Waddle on a bum ankle. And you could tell he couldn't run on that. But they put a guy out there just in case if he could get a little sprint going and catch it. So I think that says a lot about Jalen Waddle. He's a great guy, great speedy slot guy. Something great for Jared Goff and something good for, you know, he's short enough to take out those kneecaps, you know, that Matt (laughs) Campbell really wants to take out. All right. On to you now with the new look Carolina Panthers. So with the Carolina Panthers, they got Sam Darnold. And it's really rough to think about what they want to do. They need a tack. I feel like you always need a good tackle when you come out. And I really don't know who the tackles are for the Carolina Panthers. So that's always a great sign. <laughs> but then yeah. you look, you look at the defense. There's not really a leader to that defense anymore, ever since the hole left Luke by Keekly. Luke Keekley. And you look at that hole and you look at Matt Rule, Baylor guy. He likes it rough. He likes it dirty a little bit. They like it dirty down there in Baylor. I say they need a new leader of that defense. I wanted them to pick Isaiah Simmons last year. They took Derek Brown. I say they take Micah Parsons here. He's going to develop into a great inside linebacker, hopefully. You want to see him develop into that. He is a machine out of Penn State, even though he sat out last year. You know, they're really going to hope for him to develop into some kind of defensive identity for the Carolina Panthers that they haven't had since the retirement of Luke Keekley. And I feel like he may not be the second coming, but he is a worthy disciple. I love that pick too. <laughs> I'm loving all your picks. Doing amazing. I can't wait Michael to get Parsons. to the pick that you hate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling you might hate my next pick. Michael Parsons, Jeremy Chin, Derek Brown. That's an amazing young defensive core. You know, it's just like what Matt Rule did at um, Temple and what he did at Baylor. He's building up a defensive identity. Next year in 2022, they'll start to um, look a little bit better on offense and you'll put it all together. After all, Matt Rule did get that long contract. David Tepper wants to play that long game and looks like he's getting where he wants. I'm excited to see what he does with Joe Brady down in Carolina. Now we get to the Mile High City. What are they going to be? Are they going to be releasing Drew Locke or are they going to be building up some more for this offense or defense? All right. This is where I get a little controversial because they threw the kitchen sink at Drew Locke and he looked absolutely terrible. I took a chance on him in fantasy. Absolutely dropped me. I think that's your not fault, great. not his fault, personally. <laughs> well, I mean, you look, they got him Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and KJ Handler. Even um, Garrett Bowl, he took the next step. He stepped up. That pocket looked amazing. He just couldn't put it together. I think it's time to move on. And no, it's not Trey Lance. It's Mac Jones. So my reasoning behind Mac Jones here instead of Trey Lance is because it's because they threw the kitchen sink. So if you're going to throw the kitchen sink at someone, you're going to have to pay someone eventually. So you know what? Uh, Trey Lance, like I said before, long developmental guy. He's not a win now type of guy. He's going to have to sit. And you know what? You look at Mac Jones, win now guy. He's going to come out the gate as a distributor. You look at what he did at um, Alabama. He never really did anything special. He got the ball into the hands of guys like Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle. He got out to uh, Najee Harris on screens, and I think he'll do the same thing in Denver. They've got an amazing tailback in Melvin Gordon, and they got three great receivers that – three great young receivers that will take the next step with Mac Jones. Now, I do need to remind you that John Elway is no longer the GM of the Denver Broncos. He may be vice president. But your pick of the tall white quarterback does kind of make sense still for the Denver Broncos. They went wrong the last time they did it with Drew Locke. They went wrong the last time they did it with Trevor Simeon. They went wrong the last time they did it with Paxton Lynch. So, look, Mac Jones may not be the sexiest pick, even though he's a quarterback. You got to do it. You got to tear off that Band-Aid. And, look, 
he's not a bad quarterback. Number nine is perfectly suitable for him. It just sucks to see Trey Lance drop him, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Now let's move on. You got them boys from Dallas. How about them Cowboys? You know, they have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. They were at one point going to be one of the worst defenses in the NFL history, but they turned it around at some point. You got to upgrade that secondary. You know, they lost Byron Jones. They lost a lot of really, a lot of their solid cornerbacks in there. So I think it's a pretty good, pretty much a lock-in everyone has. It's going to be Patrick Sertan out of Alabama. You know, he's a solid coverage guy. And I feel like Patrick Sertan has a lot of stuff that you can compare with Marlon Humphrey. They're both not scared to cover number one guys. And they'll, you know, cover inside the cover outside. They just need some help. They just need help on defense wherever they need it, man. The great picks just keep on coming, man. I'm sorry, I'm not even doing this on purpose. <laughs> Patrick Sertan, I love that he comes back to um, uh, pair up with his uh, college teammate, Trayvon Diggs. And you know, in that Dan Quinn defense, it's just going to be even better because they have two amazing linebackers in uh, Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. Now they get uh, some help in that back end that didn't look so great down the stretch. And now we go on to the next NFC least team, the New York Giants, New York football Giants. Who are they looking for? You know, I had some tough time on this, you know, because Daniel Jones, not that great. You know, you saw him take a tumble. It would be nice to protect him, but I think they have a, they have a true left tackle in Andrew Thomas. You still got Nate Solder there for a year. This is where Devontae Smith goes because you pair him up with Kenny Galladay. You just got to – you have to throw the kitchen sink at these young quarterbacks to um, help them take the next step. You have to give them everything in order to give them a true evaluation. At first – you ha- you had me there in the first half that you were going to pick a quarterback <laughs> for a second. I'm a big <laughs> Daniel Jones person. I may not be a Giants fan, but I do like Daniel Jones. He does need more weapons out there. What? He was thrown to Cody Latimer last year, and he was Jeez. he was throwing the ball at Evan Ingram. That dude sucks, but this is not the roast Evan Ingram show. This is the, I agree with you on the Devonte Smith show. He's definitely in the runnings for the best wide receiver in this draft. And it's another year where the Philadelphia Eagles probably want to take a wide receiver and, and now they're not their division the rivals take the best guy that's out there. But now that they don't really have their guy at number one, I say you take the next best talent at cornerback. You're going to take J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. If the back surgery didn't exist for Caleb Farley, this would be where Caleb Farley would go. But right now, J.C. Horn, he's healthy. He's a really great cover guy out of South Carolina. And, you know, it's, I, I got nothing bad to say about him. He's the second best corner in the, in the draft, and you just hope he develops really well alongside Darius Slay. I totally agree with that J.C. Horn pick. And I totally agree with your um, take on Caleb Farley. If it wasn't for those injury concerns, he would have totally been the second corner off the board. But you know what? J.C. Horn, athletic freak, if you've seen his pro day numbers, he looked absolutely jacked in those photos. Pairing up with uh, Darius Slay, who's coming off a pretty good season in Philadelphia. Philly's never really had that great of a secondary. You just gave them one. So congrats to the city of Philadelphia. Hopefully they won't boo that pick. Yeah, well, you know, they threw snowballs at Santa Claus. But again, <laughs> none of our business. So now we're looking at the L.A. Chargers, L.A.'s least favorite sports team. Well, at least we didn't say San Diego. Yeah, that we're off to a great start already. So who's Justin Herbert getting for his team? Well, I mean, the board felt way different than when I've done all my mock drafts. So I'm excited to see. Ray Sean Slater, tackle for Northwestern. Who do you have starting at your tackle? That Trey Pipkins, who maybe will develop. It's his what first season playing left tackle at the pros. But you get Ray Sean Slater now because he's really a plug and play anywhere you want. He's not just a tackle. He's not just a guard. He's not just a center. He can play all five positions. He'll be a guy who comes with versatility. Who will be able to protect Justin Herbert wherever you want. Say Trey Pickens takes the next step and is an amazing left tackle. You can move it to left guard or say right guard, center, anywhere you need. It's going to be amazing. 
I definitely love the Slater pick, you know, usually in my mocks, he'd be top 10, but you know, if he falls to the chargers, he falls to the chargers. He's what I personally think the number one offensive tackle in this draft when it comes to technique, just because I love Penny Sewell. He's a great guy. He could develop some good technique, but right now, like you say, Rashawn Slater is a plug it and play kind of guy. I'd prefer him to play my left tackle. I'd want him to be blocking for Justin Herbert's blind side. You know, he's got great hands. He's got amazing feet. I think this is going to be a fun bunch of picks because with the Minnesota Vikings, you're kind of looking at something very similar and they're trying to protect their money bag in Kirk Cousins and block for their other hopeful money bag in Dalvin Cook. And I feel like when you look at it, there's two guys you're looking at right here with Virginia Tech's Christian Derrissaw, who is basically going to be your tackle, or you're looking at Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, who is the best guard in the draft. I'm going to be looking at, hey, you got to protect that inside. If you want to run up the middle, you got to have someone big, got to have someone ready to run up and punch a guy in the head. And I feel like Elijah Vera Tucker is going to be that guy for Minnesota Vikings. And it's going to be rough because usually I'd have Derrissaw going to the Chargers. And so I'd feel good about giving the Vikings Vera Tucker. But you are you going to get the third best tackle or the best guard in the draft? That's my argument for Vera Tucker there. Bro, I keep running it back. I'm loving all these picks because I think Brian O'Neill is a good tackle. And you know what? Ezra Cleveland, they can kick him out to right tackle. That interior is going to look even better because you have Dakota Dozier and you have Garrett Bradbury. Plug in Vera Tucker and you have, I think, one of the better lines in the league right now. So Let's I mean, give them some time to develop. I, then we'll talk about if they're good. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you said money bags, I thought you were talking about Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins. He is right, a bag of money. If you put a bag of money at quarterback, money. he would probably do as good as Kirk Cousins. And now we're going to go to that team that's sitting right on top of your head there. The Patriots. Because I'm personally staring at a guy right now that's at the top of this draft, draft board. But I have a big belief that something that I want to happen isn't going to happen. You know what? You might get your wish. Because I'm a big believer in Trey Lance right here at 15. I could have gone literally anywhere else. I could have gone to, I could have taken Trayvon Moore, the best safety on the board. Uh, Rashad Bateman, a decent receiver. But I mean, when you look at what the Patriots have done in their offseason, they've been aggressive. They got Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. And like, those are just four of the big playmakers they got. They've got a ton of other people. They came out blowing money everywhere, made it rain on the league. They need someone because Cam, I watched Cam last year, and it was painful to watch. Sure, that team may not have been the greatest, but he barely had any passing touchdowns at all. This may be a bust year. That's why they brought Noon back on another one-year deal. But let Lance develop behind one of the better court. People like to hate on Cam Noon. I like to hate on Cam Noon. But like it or not, he was one of the better quarterbacks in 2015. He can probably teach Trey Lance to come back up to his level. And hopefully the Patriots dynasty will be right back on track. He does have that big arm. He does have that mobility. He may not be as big as Cam Newton. He may not be running quarterback powers at the three-yard line like Cam Newton. But I think that's a pretty great guy to sit behind. You're sitting behind you know, who was once a former MVP, former face of the franchise for the Carolina. You know, Trey Lance is a tape monster. I would say he pretty much illustrates what the Patriot way should be. He's in first, out last. He's watching tape all day. He's one of the only quarterbacks, I think, in college. at the Even at the FCS level, you can look to Division One level. He's calling out his own protections on the line. Not a lot of college quarterbacks are going up to their offensive line saying, hey, yo, that guy's blitzing. Protect, get, you got to block him. Because that's just not something that you're asking your college quarterback to do. And that's what's really great about North Dakota State. They expect a lot from their players because they're the Alabama of the FCS. I love Trey Lance. I personally wouldn't have him fall to 15 here. <laughs> but I, I love the pick. It's the perfect pick for the Patriots in this situation. All right, now to the retirement home of the NFL. Yeah, but it's a, pretty, it's a pretty athletic 
retirement home. Have you been to a retirement home? Walked in and you see J.J. <laughs> Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, and A.J. Green, and Larry Fitzgerald, and Chandler Jones. This feels it's like definitely on the- it's like it's a team that you would build in Madden. Like you're like, who's on the free agent list? Oh, A.J. Green? Okay, I'll pick him up. J.J. Watt? Okay, sure, I'll pick up J.J. Watt. Unfortunately, they do lose kind of a really important piece of this team for the last decade in Patrick Peterson. And I think when you look for the Cardinals, they don't really have a lot of holes on offense, which I feel like you can get through guys through free agency, through development, maybe even later picks. I say you look at that secondary, you got Buda Baker, he's solid. But at corner, without Patrick Peterson, you got to get someone new in there. And I think you're going to go not Caleb Farley here. I'm going for Greg Newsom, the second, my sec- the second Northwestern player coming off. Now, it's not a very sexy pick because it's a Northwestern guy. You're not really expecting him to kind of do what he does. You know, he's not going to be like, I don't know how to say, like, he's not going to be Deion Sanders, obviously. But he's coming from one of the best defenses in the Big 12 from Northwestern. And there's no question that they're developing some good minds up there in, was it Illinois? I'm not really sure where Northwestern is. I got to be real. It's (laughs) kind of like Gonzaga and Xavier. I don't know where they are. But he's got some really great technique, amazing speed. And like I said before with the J.C. Horn pick, if if the back surgery didn't happen, This is where uh, Caleb Farley goes. And it's really unfortunate to see a really good prospect in Caleb Farley just drop and drop because of a back injury. But those are the scariest injuries. And I feel like you got to play it safe. You got to go Greg Newsom. You know, I was ready to disagree on you, but you're right. (laughs) That injury red flag, 16 for me is the little rich for Greg Newsom. But with the departure of Patrick Peterson, and I don't, believe Byron Murphy's ready to take out that outside corner spot yet. You have to go to Greg Newsom there. It's a little rich for me, but it makes sense because of the Caleb Farley injury and the Patrick Peterson departure. All right. Now let's go to the Vegas Raiders. Some Gruden grinders. Who's the pick for the Raiders this year, huh? God, I feel like this has got to be obvious at this point just because he fell here. You look at everything the Raiders have done this offseason, you have to go Christian Darasaw. I mean, if not, you're basically putting you're basically putting a turnstile out at tackle, and even Colton Miller, he's looked all right. But you know what? Bookend tackles always a good investment, especially when you have Derek Carr, who's not the most mobile quarterback in the world. You're gonna need someone to protect him and give enough and give him enough time to throw downfield to Henry Ruggs. You know, I love the Darisaw pick. Personally, I'm more of a Tevin Jenkins kind of guy. He's because this is the thing with. John Gruden, he's going to pick who he wants. He doesn't care about mock drafts. He doesn't care about where you are. He's going to pick a guy who's mocked to the third round with his first overall pick. That's what he does. And that's why I'm personally more of the Tevin Jenkins kind of guy. He's the most Gruden grinder of all the picks, you know. He's out there. He's driving people into the ground but we'll leave that to when Tevin Jenkins gets picked hopefully in this first round but Darisaw is a solid pick we love to see Dar- we love to see a car getting protected no one likes to see a car getting destroyed like we've seen Derek been destroyed and like how we saw David get destroyed with the Houston Texans and now we're right, back on, on the you clock. got your Dolphins Dolphins are back pick. again second pick we started it out we got Jamar Chase and Guess what? We want to be protecting our guy Tua. Now we they did trade Eric Flowers to the Washington football team today. So they are expected, from what I hear, is to move Robert Hunt, their rookie from last year, into guard. And with that, that leaves room open for either tackle spot. Because I believe Austin Jackson can move to right tackle. And that does kind of leave it open for one guy who I just said I would really like to pick, but I am going to bring that back because I am just double checking last second because I feel like they can still get a guy in the second round to protect Tua because this is a really deep tackle draft. 
So in the end, with all of that deliberating, I'm thinking they're going Quiddy Pay from Michigan. He's kind of a, he's not a super flashy pick. Um, he's kind of, he's a little small. He kind of does everything really solidly. And he's a solid defensive pick from Michigan. He can rush the passer. He can stop the run. I, he, you want him to line up in the edge. I could see him being a small on the inside alongside Christian Wilkins. You know, I just, what he pays a solid pick. I'm not mad at it. He's the best guy on there. So I might as well pick the best guy available. You know, to call back to the meme you referenced earlier, not going to lie, you did have me in that first half. <laughs> I bet you're going to take Tevin Jenkins. But you know what? We have our first edge come off, Quiddy Pay. I mean, it's not a great edge class, but I mean, here at 18 in the back end of the first round, I mean, Pay's a great pick, and you know he's a pretty good value for that spot. Pair him up with Christian Wilkins and whoever they have on that other side. I mean, you got the maybe you got the makings of a solid defensive line. And now it's we're moving on to the name redacted, the Washington football team. What do you got them picking? Oh, I mean, looking at it, killing long contrast, that's too rich here. I cannot take a quarterback. I mean, looking at how the boards fell, Thomas Davis retired. You know, I could go Owusu Koromoa. They do have some decent receivers. This could go a ton of different ways, but ultimately I'm going to have to get Terry McLaurin some help in Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman to me is a little bit like the Mac Jones of receivers for this class. He doesn't bring anything too, too special, He do, but he does a lot of things really well. He's not going to be Devontae Smith who like can run your routes amazingly he's not gonna be Jalen Wall he's not gonna be blazing down the field he's not gonna be Jamar Chase he's not gonna push the corner out the sideline but I mean he's still a really good receiver and you know you get some you get Terry McLaurin finally some help and that Washington football team offense looks at least all right for the moment with Fitzmagic and think about this Rashad Bateman and Terrace Marshall those are the two probably of the better tall receivers in this trap they're like kind of average at six two six at like six two ish and it's kind of crazy because now i feel like the nfl has kind of pushed into this small speedy guy i want tyree kill and we're kind of mm-hmm. looking away from guys kind of like rashad bateman kind of like keenan allen or mike evans we don't see a lot of those guys coming out oh yeah and sure. being like those guys but i feel like rashad bateman is kind of gonna be like that mike evans he's not gonna kill you with speed but, you know, he's he has the catchability. He did it at Minnesota. I think he can do it in Washington. All right, let's move on to the Bears. Ah, Bears. You see, it'd be funny to say Kyle Trask here. It would be hilarious. But, obviously, that's not the answer. And they only – they do have already a speedy guy in Mooney alongside Allen Robinson for the year. We got to get that Darnell Mooney love in there. We look at that offensive line and you know i gotta say it could be better and who's better to say than sam cosme that's right not tevin jenkins i'm going sam cosme for this pick out of texas and look you can look at this look he's played over you can look at pff said it himself he's played over 1500 pass blocking snaps at both right and left tackle you can put him wherever you want and he's gonna He's one of the better pass blockers in this draft. And at his size of what's a six, seven, three Oh nine, having that as your tackle, he's going to be protecting the red rifle, Andy Dalton out there. He's going to be protecting whoever they pick probably in this draft. Maybe Kellen Mond, maybe Kyle Trask in the second or third round, but you got to build that offensive line before you build something good. Their defense is, has been there for so long. I think Sam Cosme is the perfect pick for the Chicago Bears. You reminded me of that Wonder Woman 2 villain. Life could always be better. And with Sam Cosme, <laughs> life gets way better for the Red Rifle Andy Dalton. He doesn't have to worry about getting hit anymore. And, I mean, it should be interesting to see with the Red Rifle throwing at Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, and Anthony Miller, I believe, is still there. So, I mean, that, bear lo- that Bears offense will hopefully take the next step under one of the best OCs in under one of the best named OCs in the league. 
Bill Lazor. On to the Colts, you know, they're almost there. They lost their quarterback, but they just got a brand new one in Carson Wentz. What are they going to do out there? Well, since you were nice enough to leave me with your guy, and because Sam Tevy is the starting left tackle right now, I'm going to have to take Tevin Jenkins. We're going to keep the tackle run going. I mean, you saw what happened when the um, Colts took uh, Quentin Nelson and Brandon Smith in that draft back uh, in, the, in rounds one and two, respectively. Their offensive line was stacked up even better. But now with the retirement of Anthony Costanzo, we don't want a repeat of what happened in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz. God, he got picked off by uh, Sione Taki Taki. That thing was terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely horrifying to watch. And you know what? we're not going to let that happen That happen again with Sam Tevy. So we're going to get Tevin Jenkins to be our, my left tackle of the future and protect Carson Wentz. You know, I love Tevin Jenkins. If you look up his highlight reel, there's a really great block where he just – it's like that one scene in the blind side where Michael Orr picks up the guy, throws him out of the field. It's kind of like that kind of level of savagery. And, you know, love he like I, I said to himself, he's a Gruden grinder. He's going to get in your face. And, you know, I love tackles that get in people's faces, like Taylor the One. I love those guys. And speaking of Taylor the One, now we're going on to the Tennessee Titans pick. It's going to be someone who's probably going to be going against Taylor the One in practice. It's going to be an edge rusher. And I'm really deliberating between two guys right now because they did lose. They lost Jadavian Clowney. And I'm putting quotes on lost because they never really gained much with Jadavian Clowney last season. And I think you go for probably one of the best pass rushers in the draft. And I know we've been focusing a lot on, hey, I don't want to trust Caleb Farley because of all of his injuries. (laughs) And of course, now I go out here and say they're going to pick Jalen Phillips out of Miami, even though he did have to medically retire from UCLA a couple years ago, transferred to Miami. And he showed alongside Greg Rousseau that they are an amazing edge rushing duo. And I think Jalen Phillips can line up on the, he can line up in a three technique. He can line up in a two technique. He just has the passing skill, the pass rushing skills to do it. And it's just, they got to upgrade that D-line because Jeffrey Simmons can't be doing it all by himself out there. So I like Jalen Phillips. If he could stay healthy, I think he's going to be one of the better uh, rush ends in the league. But that is going to be heavily, heavily reliant on that if he stays healthy. All right. Well, you know what? We'll see. Because, I mean, a former number one overall recruit, amazing I think as long as he's able to stay healthy, that concussion concern is really, really a big, big red flag. Yeah, Jalen Phillips, I think he's going to light it up down in Tennessee. I, I honestly, okay, hot take here. He's, I think he will have a better season than Jadavian Clowney had. That's I mean, not, it's not, that's hard, not to hard to do. To do. <laughs> <laughs> you're but saying I mean, like, you're saying like, carry some weight. You're saying like Jadavian Clowney is. Right now, what he used to be three years ago, but it's obvious that he is not. But you know, we like we want to see people succeed out there, and I believe this is okay, now that's our what the first, draft is all about. This is now our first uh, double header pick, I believe, right here. Yes, it is. As I come, come back, back with the Jets, with the New York Jets, and how they got their quarterback of the future, and I won't say that they their running back of the future is Frank Gore, and I think they answer that question here. They could get an offensive lineman. Mackie Becton is solid. I think they can get a really great guy, an inside guy in the second round. You could probably get a Landon Dickerson or maybe even Creed Humphrey if he falls, but I doubt either of them, at least, but I doubt both of them are going to be picked in the next coming picks. But so I think right here, they got to pick their new running back of the future in Najee Harris. And it's a very controversial thing to do to pick a running back in the first round these days. But it's Najee Harris, man. You know, it's an Alabama running back. He was there for four years, true. He was basically starting for the last three, but he is the best, most balanced running back in this draft. He can catch it. He can run it. He's uh, not a small guy. He could put someone on his back. He could juke someone out of his shoes. He could jump over a guy. We saw him do all that at Alabama. And I feel like 
on the Jets alongside Zach Wilson. We're just loading up this offense. Well, we reached our first disagreement. That's fair. It's a running back in the first round. For a minute. Yeah. I just, I can't get behind a running back in the first round. I think it'd be better to take maybe positional scarcity in Trayvon Morig or even take a chance on Caleb Farley because that secondary is absolute garbage right now. Like, I like Bryce Hall, but he can't do it by himself. And Jamal Adams, out of there. I would have preferred anything but a running back. I think you can still come back in the second round, take uh, Etienne, or even if you want a power back, you could take Javante Williams or Michael Carter out of uh, UNC. Those are all great but picks. I, mean, I agree. You know what? I, ultimately, Najee Harris, to help out Zach Wilson, it's not terrible, in my opinion. Because all I'm saying is this. Travis Etienne, he's a great runner. He's not the best catcher in the league. Javante Williams, he's a great runner. He's not going to be catching balls out of the backfield. Michael Carter, kind of have an idea who he's going to be, but it's not going to be like Josh Jacobs, where Josh Jacobs didn't really have a lot of playing time in Alabama. So look, he has a lot of these miles. Michael Carter couldn't get any playing, couldn't get a lot of playing time at North Carolina. And so you look at that and how great he is, you kind of have to think like, okay, there has to be something up with that. Because North Carolina, North Carolina can't be one of the best football <laughs> programs for running backs. And I think it's just a little weird that for some reason, these two running backs both do really well at the same time. I'm not going to say it's because of COVID, but I feel <laughs> like this season was weird. And a lot of these pro days are a little weirdly skewed that a lot of these guys are running in the four twos, four threes. <laughs> so I agree with you that picking a running back in the first round sucks. And yeah, I could have gone with Morig. I could have even went with Owusu Koromoa. There's a lot of stuff you could do, but I think you got to have a really good offense. If you look at this league, the way that it's built this year, the last couple years, it's kind of been built on offenses trumping defenses rather than defenses trumping offenses. That's my argument. All right. And now you have the floor for the next two picks. Well, you know, going to the Steelers, I would like to take a tackle here to replace Alejandro Villanueva, but I think the value is not there for a Walker Little or a Dylan Radens. Something that hasn't come off the board yet. An interior lineman. We're looking at center specifically, since Wyatt Davis has some concerns, and also because uh, Palsy just retired. So, you know, you want to get your replacement now. And I'm looking at two guys, Creed Humphrey and Landon Dickerson. The split for me, it's the level of competition. So it's going to be Landon Dickerson. You're looking at me like, why'd you do that? I get it, Creed Humphrey. I, I like him a lot, but I think Landon Dickerson in the SEC, he's going to see a lot better defenses. I know that's, but I mean, come on, it's a big 12 defense that Creed Humphrey's going on. Landon Dickerson, he's like, you want your center to be tough. Landon Dickerson, he's like a war veteran. He's just going to keep punching you and punching you until you go down. Or until he goes down. On a cartwheel. That, that would be my issue with Landon Dickerson, is that you are scared about his injuries. That's my main issue. That's why I like Creed Humphrey more, because you don't really have to worry about his injuries. I like both of them. Personally, I'm more on the Humphrey train rather than the Dickerson train. I guess the thing for me that uh, eased my concerns with Dickerson was, did you see that Mac Jones interview? Landon yes. Dickerson is <laughs> cartwheeling in the back of Mac Jones' interview. I'm sure he'll be fine. Could you imagine if he heard himself cartwheeling back there? <laughs> I All guess right. I'm up again. They got, got Jags number two. All right, so we got football Jesus, Sunshine, and Trevor Lawrence. I could come back and get him some help with Friar move, especially since their tight end room is, I don't know anyone in their tight end room. Let's bring back something a little bit more sensible. Because Miles Jack is there, and I mean, you know what, uh, CJ Henderson, he looked eh, but that secondary can always be better. And because of positional scarcity in this draft, I'm going to take the best safety on the board, 
Trayvon Lorig. Sure, it may not be directly helping Trevor Lawrence, but it's going to help him a little bit more by getting him back on the field. You got a nice, versatile ball hawking safety that'll hopefully get you some turnovers and get Trevor Lawrence back on the field. I like it. Lorig, best safety in the class. You can't be mad. There's a lot of people looking for good safeties out there. And I think it's probably a great time to pick Trayvon out of TCU. Now we're going right. on to probably this is probably going to be a lot of just kind of speed round the last couple of picks because look, let's be real. Not a lot of people are going to be knowing who we're picking right here, the names. <laughs> but for Cleveland Browns, they lost Ogun Joby a year ago. They just released Sheldon Richardson, who they is rumored to come back maybe but we don't know about that. But I think they just signed Jadavian Clowney. They got their edges pretty much signed up. So you got to strengthen up that interior. You got to pick the best interior uh, defensive lineman. You got to pick Christian Barmore out of Alabama. I think it's pretty criminal how underrated he is. I think he's one of the best defensive linemen in this draft. I think he's going to prove it at Cleveland. He's going to be surrounded by Miles Garrett, surrounded by Clowney. It's a solid defense, and they just get a little bit better, a little more talented with Christian Barmore. I, I like what you're saying. He's definitely criminally underrated. But I guess it also helps that this is a pretty weak defensive interior class. Oh, man, positional value hurts a lot of people, and Barmore falls at 26. I like the pick, though. That gives the Browns an even scarier defensive line. I'm thinking it's kind of like the uh, football team, how they have Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. He's going to be like one of those two, or even um, Ioannidis. Ioannidis. He's going to be like one of those three. I feel like Cleveland is slowly building up a line that's not as good as the football team, who do have the best defensive line in the NFL, but they are definitely building up a very talented core around Clowney, Barmore, Tack McKinley, and Miles Garrett for sure. And now on to their AFC North rivals, home of Big Trust. Lamar Jackson. He's got to get someone big. Miles Boykin has not been it. So let's take the other big receiver in this class. Big, in quotes, big receiver in this class. <laughs> Terrence Marshall out of LSU. Don't get me wrong. I would like to take Elijah Moore or Rashad Bateman or Kadarius Toney with the Baltimore Ravens. They have their small, speedy guy in Willie Sneed and Hollywood Brown. They need a big target for um, Jackson because Miles Boykin, he's shown flashes, but he's been very, very inconsistent and hasn't shown any star quality yet. So it's time to get Terrence Marshall Jr. to take that next step and hopefully get the Ravens back on track. Yeah. Now we got New Orleans on the list. And I think this is easy to say. They need help at linebacker. They had to re-signed Manti Teo to their starting linebackers. And I'm from Punahou, graduated from Punahou, love Manti Teo. He's not that good anymore. They need more <laughs> linebackers. And Demario Davis is aging. He's 33. He's kind of coming onto that down low for linebackers. So I think it's easy. You pick Jeremiah Wosu-Koromoa out of Notre Dame. Notre Dame just breeds really great defensive guys. And I think... You just pick the best defensive guy on the board right now with uh, Jeremiah. They need help at linebacker. Boom. It's easy. I love the Owusu Kormo pick because, again, like you said, best man cover corner. I, I do like Zayvon Collins, but for the fit, I do think Owusu Kormo fits a little bit better because of how much that NFC South division does uh, focus on passing. Well, with the exception of, oh, well, you know, Chris McCaffrey, scat back, but – you know, they do go run heavy, but, you know, with Pitts going to the Falcons, they're gonna obviously going to go pass heavy. And then, you know, of course, the Buccaneers with Brady, absolutely killing it. It makes sense to want a man cover everyone. All right, now I'm up here with the Green Bay Packers. I know they're absolutely not going to do this, so it hurts my heart to do it. Do not it. really. Elijah Moore, they need a receiver. Not Kadarius Tony, not Rondell Moore. You know, I like them, but I think Elijah Moore can do what they do. And he also brings a little bit more of that <clears throat> vertical route tree to the table, like what he did at Ole Miss. So I, I think he'll help that Packers offense at least, you know, not fall flat on its face. 
because they need a receiver. God, how many times have they been putting it off? They tried to, they took Equinemia St. Brown, Jamon Moore, and Marquez Valdez Scanling. The best guy to come out of that, Marquez Valdez Scanling. And they still need a receiver because he wasn't that good. And now we're here with the Buffalo Bills, a team that is very close to that Super Bowl. And I'm looking at one guy who like we, that. I'm looking at one guy right there that we've been ignoring for a lot because of his injuries. Uh, this is where Caleb Farley finally, he gets it in the first round right here, drops to the Bills, which I think is the best possible place for him to drop. Can you imagine, even if he isn't at 100%, he's still really fast. He still has a great mind. Can you imagine trying to line up against Tredavious White, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, and Caleb Farley? Not to mention all their really great depth corners. That's a scary defense to try to pass against, especially in today's league. Just try passing against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of success to coming out of that. Uh, you know what? Looking, looking at it now as a Patriots fan, that is absolutely terrifying. Looking like to the future, he could be one of the best picks in this draft. It could be at, if he ends up staying healthy, this could be criminal that he fell all the way to 30 to the Bills. And yeah, I think the league might pay for this one. It'll be like if Josh Rosen went correctly. And actually <laughs> it's like if, if Josh Rosen uh, just never got picked. <laughs> <laughs> now we're on to the final two picks. We're on to the what would have been the Kansas City Chiefs, but they just recently traded for Orlando Brown, trading this pick to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you know what? Looking at the, how the board fell, it seems good that the Chiefs traded out. I don't think they would have been able to get anyone as good as Orlando Brown here. And I mean, you know, I would like to get a replacement here, but the rumor is that the uh, Ravens are going to sign Alejandro Villanueva. So I think they can wait until next year to get their right tackle of the future. I could take Owe, athletic freak, but I'm going to take the more proven guy in Aziz Ojolari mm. out of Georgia. They need an edge. That's what the Ravens all have always been about. Defense, defense, defense. I'd like, I'd like to think I fixed their offense with the first pick in Terrence Marshall. Now it's time to get that defense right. They got a good back end in Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. And they got to get after the quarterback now, which they have not been able to do. And now we're right, on to the final the pick of the draft. Pick. My team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I will prove that I'm not a bandwagon fan if anyone ever asks me. But a fan since 2010, it's not because of Tom Brady. I hated Tom Brady. Now I love him. But now we're looking at this aging defense, a defense that's full of contracts. And it's quite literally a miracle that we kept every single person on this team. I don't know how we did that at all but we do got to fill up some holes we got Nadamikin Sioux agent Jason Pierre Paul's agent and you might say like oh yeah this is obviously where Jason Owe goes right I'm gonna say they pick what I think is gonna be the sec probably second or third third best pass rusher in this draft because I always like him here right here at 32 with Gregory Rousseau his length is good he sat out last year, so he's going to have some rest. A lot of people don't like the players that rested out last year, but you can look at our board, and I like Gregory Rousseau. He has a lot to develop. You're behind Nadam Kinsu, Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, behind some really great pass rushers, and I feel like he can develop very, very well. Well, yeah, and that off on a great note. I love that pick because you saw uh, Gregory Rousseau in his, his Miami days. He moved inside, outside played wherever on the line. I think that's going to mesh well with the 3-4 um, the defense. Yeah, he'll mesh a lot better because he can play outside linebacker. He can play DN. I think they're going to keep Vito Vea at nose tackle just because he's like 350 pounds and can move like a running back. But, I mean, those four positions, he's going to be amazing in that Tampa Bay defense. And you know what? With them returning all their stars, they might just win back-to-back. -back. I'm hoping to jinx it if you can't tell. <laughs> All righty. And with that, we finished our draft. And it seems like, you know, looking at the PFF that we used for our NFL draft, we're, we did, a, according to them, a very good job, apart from a few picks here and there. You know, they don't like your Landon Dickerson pick at all, which, <laughs> you know, I get it, but I also don't get it. And for me, it's my Jalen Phillips pick that they don't like. You know, you win some, you lose some. 
I think we overall, it's a pretty solid draft that is nowhere near going to be what actually happens. Because <laughs> no, that's why we're not GMs. It's a miracle if you get five of these right because we don't have <laughs> trades on. If we had trades on, then no one is getting any mock draft ever perfect. And so you know, I have to imagine the Patriots move up if they don't. So this, so basically. Who's the team that you have to move up? Is what I was gonna ask, and you got the Patriots. So who do you think they got moving up to? Who are they picking? What's up? I think if anything, it has to be number four with the Falcons. I mean, if they don't take a quarterback there, you're moving back. You just you need a quarterback if you're gonna be that aggressive in free agency. Because you don't get a quarterback now, you're basically wasting a contract year of John U. Smith, Hunter Henry, and Kendrick Bourne, and all those guys. I am prepared for the Patriots to just do the most Patriots thing ever, just completely trade out of the first round, <laughs> accumulate picks. Accumulate I was picks. so excited last year at 23. I'm like, yes, they're going to pick in the first round, and then they trade it out. <laughs> That's going to be the ba- end of the pre-draft show from Kaleo Sports. It's our first kind of podcast. It's going to be a little long. We're This is our first time we're having fun out here. So Kaleo Sports pre-draft. I'm Tanner Hayworth. I'm Bodie Asimoto. And that's it for us. Mahalo, Louis Thank Noah. you for listening.